2: Is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Your plans? Today it's dinner with the parents at your spot. We gotta come back here. Now, their spot. Or you're on the edge of your seat at the game. Come
0: on, just one time!
3: And it's the one. Or maybe you're catching the next flight to... Now boarding flight 1850. Oh, that's you. The choice is yours. And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. This
2: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
4: This episode of The Fighting Cock is dedicated to Taz Constantinou, who's a massive Spurs fan and listener of the show. He sadly lost his life last week at the age of 44. Raise your glass for a proper year
2: It's the fight in. It's the fight
0: in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in.
4: Clock. It's episode three, season five of the Fighting Cop podcast. How's everyone doing? Doing well. Recovered from the weekend? I'm fine. I'm, I'm recovering. I'm still a bit hungover.
5: I took today off. Did you? Yeah.
4: I had a big one uh, on Saturday. Tuesday, Tuesday, fucking. it yeah. Fucking Yeah, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> still into next week. Um, yeah, we had, a, we, had to, uh, we had to deal with the 2-2 loss, as Spooky put it on his, uh, on his blog, yeah. uh, because it was uh, particularly depressing for some. I didn't, I didn't feel too bad
5: after the game, but it was, it was particularly depressing. I was fine after just because I was with you lot. Yeah. I was if, I'd, if I'd have just gone home then yeah that's, that's the any time that a flat like happens just go out just go out and get smashed we have with us today Ben Pearce uh, journalist for the Hammond
4: High hi there and um, Tottenham Journal website yes is that right
6: yeah. Are they, do they come under the same is it Archon yeah yeah. we've got, got a few of them Hammond High Tottenham Journal Hackney Gazette London24.com so amongst other things you cover Spurs for these yes. websites yes
4: and how long have you been doing that? Because th- you have been on before, about three years ago. I think it was. That yeah, long, yeah. I've got
6: the right week this week. Last time I turned up a week earlier than you expected. <laughs> we had to. And and you, and you did a really good job of like smiling and looking pleased that I was there. <laughs> I think Martin Cloak was there to like plug his book or something, that's and right. I took up like half his time because he had to profile <laughs> Really? Him. Yeah. yeah it, it, was, might, um, it might have been our fault. You did it. No, I don't think so. I, mean, <laughs> I think the, you, all, you all did a really good job. of going, yeah, that's great. You know, we've got some questions hastily written on a beer mat. it was all good. Okay, so what, what does your job entail? Generally, what I mean, what, what's your role in covering Spurs? Um, well, I mean, the, the job mostly is sports editor of the Hammond High newspaper, which is Hampstead and Highgate Express. Um, as part of that, obviously, we cover you know all, all, all the um, you know the, the teams across North London. Um, we've got Spurs, we've got an Arsenal correspondent, um, who you guys are probably a lot less interested in. Yeah. Um, cover Saracens as of kind of a couple of years ago, um, since they moved into the area. And then there's a lot of local cool. sport, um, so sort of Wingate and Finchley, Hendon Football Club, Harringay Borough. A kind of favourite of mine, a little bit of a project because you know, they don't have many fans, but they're doing really, really well. Yeah, um, we, we, we had this idea of, the, of following them. Yeah, because when we've talked about it a little bit, and
4: we're not sure what the reaction would be. But when if if Spurs move to Milton Keynes, we thought about maybe when Spurs play out there. If you're not interested in setting foot in that uh, franchise,
6: then. Um, Perhaps Harringay Borough could do with us, exactly. especially because they're on White Hart Lane. Well, and they've just uh, as of as of now they're at the highest level they've ever reached. They got they won the title in the Essex Senior League last year, scored over 100 goals. Wow! So they're doing very well. But um, but yeah, obviously mo- most people are interested in the, uh, in the in the Spurs side of it, and that's um, you know sort of uh, what I spend certainly the back end of my week doing, um, and that's uh, you know covering them pretty much home and away press conferences, um, interviewing the players after the games, um, and, and that kind of thing. That's probably where um, r- most of your listeners would kind of um, find me.
4: And what's it like? following football as a business was as a part of your job compared to being a fan of the game
6: yeah it's, it's, it's quite interesting you have to it's something I had to think about a while ago um, you have to think about whether you're gonna make your your passion and your pastime make it your job um, and there are there are sacrifices involved in that and I, I wouldn't really say I think I've lost a lot of being a football fan mm. um, basically the only team I support now really is um, is England which is really upsetting <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for, for about and, and the friendlies and the you know the qualifiers could be so could be so dull so yeah. basically you're waiting for the major tournaments and they'll play what two games three games every two years now and those are the only time really when i'm sitting on the edge of my seat kind of biting my nails and going through the ringer yeah like everybody else that really um you know a lot of the rest of the time it's is more of a kind of objective objective thing um but but that's you know there's i'm not going to pretend that you know <laughs> that it's a difficult life it's a fantastic job and i've been covering spurs for nearly nearly seven years now and i think that that shows really how much i enjoyed um, really enjoy really enjoy covering the club and um hope i can can keep doing it for a, for a long time
4: long time okay good um, we've got some questions in from twitter and uh, various other social media a- outlets um, Alder Verreld is that right oh, I, I can't say I nailed that we've, uh, I shouldn't have, should have just, should gone with it yeah. nice. bollocks Toby <laughs> Toby yeah Seem, he seems like a nice this is from Charlie Parish off twitter and obviously been been on the show a few times um, Alder Verreld seems like a nice chap open interviewee
6: where does he rank in Ben's nicest Spurs players table um, that's a good question. We I mean, I haven't. I don't. I don't have a table. Um, but I mean, I've, I've only um, only spoken for the first time. Um, what Saturday afternoon? Um, we noticed actually last season down at Southampton um, the two two draw. Um, that um, <coughs> we wanted to speak to Eric Dyer and he wanted to pass and just said he wasn't going to do it and he had, he'd set up both goals and that was a bit of a shame. And then Alderweireld was there, kind of chatting away to to reporters and one of the guys with me, has kind of pointed out that's a Champions League finalist over there. Yeah. to uh, you know, stopped talking? To a twenty one year old kid who's. Just you know, set up two goals. And presumably, would like to talk a little bit. Has, has gone by, so I think we we knew when Alvaro came in um, that, that he was going to be hopefully fairly open to uh, to talking. We we heard from other people that he was um, uh, you know that he that he spoke you know win lose or draw kind of thing. So we were kind of hopeful that even though he'd conceded the penalty at the weekend, he might he might talk. And, and I think I think he did yeah did it really well. You know, and um, came out a bit very well. Put his hands up and said you know I've made a mistake um, and I'll you know go away and learn from it. And none of you felt bad about it. Um, you mentioned before we started recording that a part
4: of the interview he asked or you asked sorry why why Southampton wasn't me sorry yeah, yeah. alright okay sorry <laughs> uh, right. yes Southampton uh, were, were kind of very kind of defensive they're defensively sound and they didn't concede yeah, yeah. many goals of yeah. Spurs at the weekend so conceded two soft yeah. goals especially in the last 20 minutes where we seemed very open mm. and his, int- his answer was interesting yeah. to read in
6: your interview yeah um but yeah what did he say Oh, he said that. I mean, the, the question was anyway. It was a good question. Um, you know, Southampton were you're part of a very successful Southampton defence last season. You're the second best in the in the Premier League. What does Spurs need to do to, to achieve that? Cause I think that's one of the reasons why Spurs you know signed him quite obviously. Um, and he said, uh, he said a little bit first. He said, well, actually, I thought we did okay today and we pressed well and that kind of thing. But what we had last season was Van Yama and Schneidlin you know, pressed constantly and they they made sure the opponents never had time to put the ball in our box. And today we were doing that for a while. Um, up until the penalty, probably, but then we stopped doing it. Uh, we stopped playing football, and that allowed them to keep putting pressure in the box, keep putting balls in the box, um, and then that kind of thing. Said, you know, that's that's something we can do better. We Stemberle then about five minutes later said the same thing. You know, we stopped playing our football, yeah. and then and then the pressure comes on. And as is the
4: nature with Twitter. Uh, people read interviews and analyse everything, and go into their own little tirades. Um, they read into it, didn't they?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's just just a lot of the comments seem to be, you know, it seems like what you're writing here is, you know, he's had a he's had a pop at Daniel Levy, or like, you know, he's already two games in and our new signings slamming our central midfield <laughs> options and sending a strongly worded message <laughs> upstairs. And as you know, as we were just saying, it, it's it's an interesting scenario. To be as a reporter oh. almost having to then go on social media and go, actually, this interview isn't quite as interesting as you're you're all making out <laughs> you know? mm, yeah you're, you know really the idea is that you kind of make things sound more interesting than they really are you know sometimes it is kind of you know almost an increasing phenomenon now that you that you're almost kind of having to defend the players and clarify what they've said so that so they're not misinterpreted I, th- I think one of the reasons for that is that you get so many sites now which are picking stuff up from the people who've actually reported these events whether they're press conferences or, or player interviews and they are turning them into clickbait essentially yeah. they're putting they're taking the quotes and they're putting a more sensationalist headline on it um, and I understand the reasons for that you know there, there's you know it's, it's, it's how websites go and, and, and people people other people make their livings from that but it does it, it does just mean that suddenly you feel like I, I don't want the player to be misquoted from something that I've written because yeah. there are only you know two or three of are speaking to him and I don't want him to see one of those versions Look at it and go. Oh right, okay. Well, I won't speak to those guys again. Yeah. Well,
4: that, that's the thing, and you're you're running the risk of.
6: Oh, well, you're not running the risk, but it,
4: essentially the the problem can be created that players become more closed. And, oh, absolutely. And, yeah.
6: And, yeah. and, and clubs yeah. tell them to not say anything. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, uh, actually, we're increasingly seeing. I think across across the industry. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's getting uh, player access is getting harder, and they you know the clubs are putting recruiting more and more media people um, to protect their image and their brand and all that kind of thing. And when they're it's all so controlled, and they've got so many people doing that job, the last thing they want is a uh, you know is a footballer, and they could be 18, 19 years old or something you know, faced with a load of reporters who kind of, you know, know what they're trying to get mm. and saying something and all of a sudden they've criticized the manager accidentally or something or if you read between the lines they criticised the manager suddenly, you know, you can put as much time and effort in to, into controlling your image as you like. Yeah but you, 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 know, you, just, you just don't really want, want to put your players in that situation and, then that's, and that's a difficulty that, that we all face and, and that's why I think it's so important that you know, reporters are you know, as, as um, principles as they can be and all, all the ones I, I know are you know in, in terms of you, you quote them as they've said mm. and if they say something in the heat of the moment and you, you report well you know, this is what they said then, then fine and then, you know, they have to say well okay yes I did say it And um, everyone complains don't they about how, how kind of robotic footballers are in their interviews and how yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. cliched they are but <coughs> you can understand why Absolutely yeah, absolutely, and, and I think you know that you can you can end up in a vicious circle whereby you know they say something not particularly interesting, so people so as reporters you know you still need to fill column inches, and and so you, you try and make it sound a little bit more interesting than it is. They don't like that, so you know, they're like, okay, well, I won't be speaking to you again, and yeah, it, it can end up in a you know, in, in a vicious circle. And
4: um, the thing is with Toby's comment is that one yammer and uh, Schneidlin isn't a bad defensive too no, in Schneiderlin no. just signed for United. We wanted him desperately. Yeah, it's yeah not a
6: yeah. It's not an outlandish thing to say. And, not, and the the other thing is also, which is uh, you know, is, is a kind of bit of a phenomenon, is the turning a positive comment into a negative. I.e., he was complimenting the players he played behind last season and saying, in answer to your question, what did Southampton do well? Yeah, that's why we had. To the players who did this and that was a positive thing for us at Southampton as you asked that is then being converted into, you know, um, you know Alderweireld slams Spurs central <laughs> which, which which he didn't at all. We didn't make a negative comment about Spurs midfield at all, and, and actually, you know, as a, as I said, you know, someone who's played in the Champions League final, he's um, you know very well qualified to talk about, you know, what what he would like, you know, how how, how you solidify defence. And I think a lot of fans would say, actually, we be making the same points, and what he's saying is spot on. So it's just it's just frustrating to see people try and then, you know, almost put words in his mouth um, yeah. when when we as reporters haven't actually done that.
5: I think I think. Then people get just as annoyed about that as you can see that half split of the people that go, yeah, that is what he's saying let's all have a pop at Levy or whoever it is that, that that particular quote might be about or perceived to be about and then the other half are like well no that's nonsense You yeah. just have completely ignored the question that he was actually asked yeah. that's the bit that infuriates me yeah. most about
6: sports journalism in general <coughs> as I, I, I was saying before as well the, the possible solution to this is that rather, rather than kind of create pieces that we write you know saying okay well this is constructed nicely hopefully it reads easily and that kind of thing hopefully we lead you from point to point that we just print a transcript and you yeah. can see the context of every question and answer but I think you know, you you don't know that's, me, as, it exactly. Is. You know, that's, that's, isn't no, exactly. And right. I think you know, writing writing is, is part of the job, and it's an art. And, and and you like to read something which kind of leads you through you know a few topics of conversation. And um, I think it'd be a shame to get to that point. But sometimes you do feel like it, it would have been. You know, you, I just find myself increasingly going on, kind of saying to someone, actually, that's not that's not what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've, you know, I'm sorry if you misinterpreted that because it makes me feel like, well, actually, have I accidentally misinterpreted? Him? Have I phrased <laughs> this badly? This is the, da- the damage that clickbait journalism can. Do. because there's
4: people running Spurs sites and it might not always always be Spurs sites but if if it is, they're they're damaging the football club to some degree, albeit a small way for the sake of getting a few more people through their website. So they're willing to write these headlines using News Now in the way that it's become used for and writing these headlines that simply draw people to them whereas the actual journalism behind it is pretty poor. It's essentially, as you say, spinning stories to make them... You know, to generate ad revenue. Yeah, the one, the,
6: one, the one that really got me last season was I spoke to Brad Friedel about DeAndre Yedlin right after he'd arrived and said, um, uh, you know, everyone's kind of, oh, when's he going to play? When's he going to play? Immediately thinking he's going to come in at right back. And I, was, you know, I spoke to, to Friedel and he said, um, you know, things. In his time, he's got to learn. You know, the, he's got to pick up the pace of the Premier League in training. Almost, you're know, not in Premier League games, but on the training ground, playing with players who are going to play at Premier League pace. And you know, all the talking about him needs to stop. reading, really. just needs to have a few months to settle in. You know, he's young. Kid moving to a new country, all of that, and he said you know, and and then um, you know, and, and hopefully, and then and then as part of a conversation about the MLS, he was saying you know, it'd be nice to think it's great to now see a young American player coming to the Premier League at 21 rather than someone like Dempsey who's, who's already been over there for a little while. Um, it'd be nice to think that you know, one day he'll he'll, he'll become Premier League player, learn his trade <laughs> here, and then go back to America also at a good age and 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 you know, help to strengthen the league over there. And the next day, I saw this turned into um, you know, DeAndre Edlin's only just arrived at Spurs, but Brad Friedel says he's back. He's on his way back to the MLS, and I was like, I was like, you know, I was like <laughs> again, I don't, security. I don't think Friedel's going to end up on your side, but at the same time, and it's like, uh, yeah. you know, you haven't just just to turn that into into something else. You see, yeah. oh, just you know, sitting at your computer there, and oh, I tell you what, you know, I can skew this into something. I think um, ap-
7: the appetite for Spurs news and anything Spurs related is at an all-time high now. It's at a point where you'll have written an article and someone will have quoted probably the s- snadling of line out of the entire article and say, oh, I don't know, Ben Spir- Ben Pierce wrote this. And we think, well, you know, where's the rest of the article? Because we're so desperate for any news about Spurs, people will read that and just run with it. Yeah. And they're also, go- they're- when- they're go- so they're going to Reddit and forums and repeat yeah. it and not...
4: Not show any context, yeah. I'm saying. And also, people are... Um- it, they're they're desperate for for this information, and and they're just simply trying to create a, a situation where their their tweets can get retweeted, or
6: they they'll get upvotes on Reddit, and it becomes about themselves. I I don't know. I, I think, I think the thing with all this is that I think it's really important that fans recognise that the role they've got on in all of this which is that if you keep going back to a website which keeps disappointing you in terms of what you click on is not what it purports to be Stop clicking on it Stop clicking <laughs> on you know, it It's the same with anything you know, um, the, the media to a, to an extent and I'm not going to say entirely reflects You know, the media knows what people want and there are people out there running websites who can see exactly how many clicks certain stories get and, yeah, of course. and the more they're clicked on the more they'll tell their writers to write more of it yeah. and that's not the report as well because they're paid by these people I guess also that um, it suits people's agenda as well because it's
4: kind of an anti-levy every time we go for a bad run of results or well, we've had two games so it's not really a bad run of results really is it but uh, every time we do we seem to people attach these articles or quotes from players uh, and, and create an agenda
5: hmm.
4: uh, or it, like, it lets
6: it suit them that, that their agenda yes. at least I think the flip side is that you know I'm, I'm very fortunate in in the sense that I, I've got a lot of control over what I write. I don't really have someone breathing over my neck saying, we want more hits on our website and that kind of thing. That's very unique these days. And so, yeah, as, you know, as I say, I, I think it's sometimes disappointing to see, what, see something that you've written kind of in good faith yeah. um, turned into something else. But at the same time, I'm very aware that there are people <laughs> out there who are coming into sports journalism jobs, you know, out of university and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, and then they've, they've dreamt of doing the same kind of things as me and they're being told to write these things as, as I say it's not necessarily the reporters who are writing them it's it's the whole culture mm. which which fans are involved in transfer stories just do much better transfer rumours just course, do yeah, so yeah. much yeah. better than something thoughtful and analytical and that's um, that's just reflective well, of what people want and so the media organisation will keep churning these things out
4: but if you can do
6: it I mean if you want to do it
4: it is possible I mean our website The Fighting Cock gets and this isn't to blow our own trumpet at all yeah. but we we get something like 1.5
6: million page views a month.
5: Yeah, blow that trumpet. Yeah,
6: right. <laughs> I think that's a, that might be a lot more than we get. Uh, but, <laughs>
4: yeah. Sorry, <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we don't. We never pub- publish, We've never pub- published a uh, transfer rumour. Yeah, in, yeah. in our time, and uh, yeah. purely everything we do does get. Um, is about producing what we consider to be good journalism. Not everything we publish is amazing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There are some articles that. that Weaker than others, yeah, yeah. From being diplomatic, yeah. but um, you know, it, it comes from the right place. Yeah. And I think if you do create and, and do aim to do that, it is possible. But the easy route to do, and certainly the most profitable route, yeah. is, is by clickbait journalism. Anyway, uh, Elliot Metson from Twitter says, uh, "What's the most depressing or worst uh, Spurs, for, Spurs performance you've had to cover as a journalist?"
6: Most um, depressing. I don't know about performance. The worst game I've had to cover was um, the Maramba. Okay. Um, instantly, easier. that was that was really really that was really difficult because I mean I've said to people a few times, you're sitting there as the fans were I'm sure, it's absolutely shocked. Um, you know, frankly, I thought I thought I'd just seen someone die in front of me mm. and, and and you know in front of thirty three thousand people and it was horrendous. And then you suddenly and then time passes and you suddenly realise that you're one of the people whose job it is to kind of tell everyone what's going on and you suddenly. You suddenly realize, oh, hang on, wait, I'm in the press box and actually I've got jobs to do. And then what on earth does that job look like right now? Yeah. Like, what on earth are you supposed mm. to write? And this is definitely not a time to kind of think, oh, this is a great chance to boost my Twitter following or whatever, you know, here's a great chance to get hits on my site. It's about, you know, how on earth do you do this, report what's happening, but not sensationalize it and not jump the gun and say, you know, I'm pretty sure this is just, you know, I'm pretty sure it's this serious because you've got no idea. Um, so it's, you know, and, and other people did, and I've said, said a few times, other people have done a really much better job than I did in that moment and were, you know, just a, a lot more switched on, <coughs> just jumped into mm. action. I was just pretty much stunned. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that was really, really difficult. Okay. Uh, and uh, Eric
4: Coyes. From Reddit says Ben have spoken um, Ben having spoken to with Toby and possibly other players. What's the general mood around the squad? Are they deflated or positive? Having put
6: in two solid performances yet coming up short in both matches. I think that's I think that is an important point. I don't think it's um, you know I don't think it is doom and gloom. I think for 60 odd minutes on Saturday actually it was one of the better Spurs seen for, for a while in terms of pressing and that kind of thing, which I think was lacking a lot last season. I think you could see strides forward. I think Dyer Looked better in central midfield than I've seen him in pre-season and probably at United. Thought Dembele looked pretty good on the right hand side, kept winning the ball back. I think there was a lot of positive stuff there, and that that did seem to be. I think that is how the, the players felt, and you can normally tell, you know, when, when they come through, you know, when they, they come through that mix zone, um, as, as we call it. It's. If you know, you could, they, they won't stop. If they if they got, you know, if they don't want to, if they just want to get home and they don't want to talk to anyone and they are deflated, then you know, they're, they're not they're not stopping for anyone. Yeah. Um, the fact that the two players did, and I think probably a couple. So they're not obligated to play. talk to press. They're not obligated there. The rules these days are that they are they 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 need to walk through an area where we can ask them, um, but they don't they don't have to. Um, that, you know, that, that's entirely no. up to them. Um, but I mean, actually, it's, it's kind of worth saying. I think increasingly now there's a group there who are either nicer or just. More open, or, or or whatever it is. Um, I don't I don't think that anyone's telling them. You know, we should all talk more. Um, I, really I think w- you know they 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 just seem to be, you know Kane. I think you know Tong and does it quite a lot. Danny Rose talks well. Uh, and there's just a group of them there where you feel like you know most of them probably probably would now, and you feel like you've got a good chance. I really really want to ask you who out of the Spurs squad walks past
4: and you just I ain't talking to that prick.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, what, uh, yeah what, 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 when, the, when, the,
4: when they've told that about me. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, the other way around. Thinking, <laughs> Here comes Dimasar Berbersov. Oh
6: Jesus! No, I'm not going to bother. Aaron uh, Lennon. Everyone, everyone knows it, yeah. yeah. Oh, OK. But, but it, wasn't, it wasn't a case of, well, you know, I'm not going to talk to he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't talk to, to anyone, I think. I think maybe he spoke to twice in the time that I've covered Spurs. Once that I wasn't there, and then the guy who covered me came back and said, and I said, oh, you know, did you get any player interviews? He went, yeah, you've got Lennon. And I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I said, no, seriously, you've I said, no, it wasn't. No, like, you know, look, we'll go through some photos and you, you point him out. It definitely wasn't that. <laughs> 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 um, and, and, and it was, and I was like, oh, you know, it's just, can't can't believe it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, I don't know. And and also the, the, the things we don't know these guys away from the pitch. You know, course, he, he may yeah. be really really nice. He, it may be that you know he had a really bad experience in the interview when he was younger, and 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 he just doesn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. If so, fair enough. But he's just yeah, he's he's, he's just someone who you know he, 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 he walks up and you just kind of go there's just no point in asking because mm-hmm. he's, he's just not going to be interested. So, so, I mean, you've been working with the paper for the last seven years, I think.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot has changed. I mean, obviously you had the rednap days of the Champions League team, and I have got a very
6: young team I mean how do you how the changes affected the work you do um, I don't think I don't think that has changed that much I think I think the the, the kind of the youth the injection of youth has helped um, in the sense that I think you know players like Kane um, you know it's, it's the, the the bigger players, everybody wants to talk to them. And, and actually, one of the one thing one of the nice things which I always enjoy is speaking to the players when they're a little bit less less well known. Yeah, grabbing the ones that nobody's interested in because they're not a name yet. Um, which was Danny Rose once. You know, I spoke to him after his debut, I think, um, against Arsenal, the screamer. There was one before. They played cup games, I think. For I think that was yeah, Premier yeah, League yeah. debut. Yes. Peterborough I think something like that. Right. Um, you know, at some stage they are the little known player that, that all the you know everyone else is kind of like. Well, they probably enjoy enjoy. Yeah, the yeah. Attention. And then that was Harry Kane, and uh, really not very long. Ago. You know, you'd be the one after a couple of away games. You know, everyone's like kind of waiting for the waiting for whoever the big player is. And you go, "How are you?" You know, you got a minute, just you know, played. You haven't scored, but you know. Yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do want, like, you know, stress I'm not the only Spurs reporter, and I think there's, you know, other reporters are available and that kind of thing. I don't want to make it sound like I'm the only one kind of these games because, you know, if I was listening to this, I'd be be fairly fed up with that idea. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, you know, there is there is a group of us, and uh, you know, a lot of these interviews are, are group ones, like like the Alderweireld one. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, so always I always like to kind of try and you know do the young player first. Um, like it was Harry Winks last season. Onuma got you know spoke to them again just because they're not a name yet um, yeah. and so I think from that point of view it's been quite nice that that's happened increasingly regularly and I think they are quite you know suddenly oh, well, you know, I'll get to be in a paper which paper is it and that kind of thing and that, that's they don't have necessarily the airs and graces um, That um, I mean Eriksson's another one he's not he'll do it probably about once a month or so but I think he's such a big name in Denmark and he's had he's been used to being the, you know the big fish for such a long time and had so much written about him I think maybe so much pressure on him in, in Denmark mm. and as Ajax that again he's just he just just not really. He's just not a massive fan of being in front of the cameras. He's probably
4: realised that they have to say the same stuff. I and they, think can't, so, yeah. they can't. Yeah, they've yeah. got a straight back every question. Yeah. Actually, we had James Moore on the pod, and he did. Um, it sounded like a six thousand word interview mm. with with Harry Kane. telling yeah. the last season, mm. and he said that he, he said mo- you you'd get the straight back answer for. Vast majority, and you may get one or two, but Harry yeah. Kane
6: is quite open and yeah, yeah absolutely, uh, and quite happy to talk and yeah, offer his opinion. And then what we've got at the moment is just trying to, um, just, just be careful about the occasions when you use him now because I think, um, uh, you know, it's he, w- he would do it after nearly every time. You know, when Spurs lost 3 0 at Stoke last season, you know, and so much being written about him, and it was all that stuff about, oh, is he going to be burnt out and all that kind of thing. You thought if there's ever a game Harry Kane is not going to stop, it's going to be this one. and say look, you know, I'll do every game, just please, just you know, not this week, mm. uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, fine. You know, said the thing. They went off and signed autographs for about twenty minutes while everyone else was sat on the coach. At the yeah. moment, the case, the, the, the thing is, you know, we ran out of questions from last season. If we're honest, yeah. You know, it was it was the same story. You've scored two goals. That must be brilliant. You know, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. You know, what a season you're having. How do you sum it up? And now, at the moment, you know, you just kind of think, well, yeah. you know, what, what 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 more can can we say at the moment? He's done a lot of interviews again recently, and it's just a case of kind of thinking, well, I'll tell you what, we'll you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll stop when you next time <laughs> get your hat trick. He's a legend. I love him deeply.
4: um <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Stoke um, okay. as as an kind of uh, yeah, as, as you admitted an, an objective ob- observer mm. despite the fact that your job is, is reporting on Spurs how, how did you think the game was because there's a lot of sensationalism on Twitter and I because I, I watched it and I thought if you look at our season so far it's only two games in we defended pretty well against United. We defended excellently up until the penalty yeah. and, and
6: Kane's injury, which changed the dynamic of our team. But but what did what did you think? I mean, yeah, I thought. I mean, for for a lot of it, um, I th- I thought you know a lot of the first half was really positive. And as I said, I think we we thought when Pochettino came in, we were going to see this high tempo pressing game. There was a lot of in pre season in um, in America last last summer. We thought, okay, right, you know, this is this is something new and different. Um, I, you know, it, it tailed off fairly fairly quickly last season. Whatever he was, you know, his philosophy and all. Kind of thing which we hear a lot about. Whatever he was imparting, it that 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 bit, if anything else, wasn't really getting across, or we weren't seeing it, and possibly because he was playing the same, what you know, eleven out the same fourteen players every week or something, it just wasn't sustainable. Um, but I thought, I think you know, we saw it a bit more. Uh, Everton, I remember Everton at home last season was a game when yeah. it really seemed to be you were suddenly like, there it is, you know, yeah. and then it was gone again. Um, I think again Saturday was was a, was a game we thought, oh, hang on, we, you know, I should tell you what, they're Stoke were a decent team and they're really keeping them at arm's length. They had. They still had a few chances but not so much in the first half thought you know Loris made two excellent saves uh, really yeah good. Um, maybe straight at him yeah
5: as did Butler though to be fair I mean, oh,
6: Butlan made the better know, saves I yeah, would say oh, yeah absolutely the one from Mason yeah, in yeah, particular but I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Dyer looked good central midfield yeah. uh, it was best game um, best game central midfield thought, yeah as I said earlier I thought Dembele played on the, well on the right Mason looked really good alright um, let's talk about Dembele <laughs>
5: Yeah. <laughs> I wanted I've got, to talk I've
4: about i some stuff aside. I know you want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, I was sitting next to T in Park Lane Upper and I was watching yeah. the game and, uh, and I was waxing lyrical about what Dembele was doing because <laughs> right. I, I thought he had an excellent game he was he, he isn't a winger or, and I think that's expe- people expecting anyone who plays in that position to beat their man get across or cut inside and shoot and that isn't Dembele's game uh, I think his role was to uh, supplement the midfield make it difficult for Stoke and crucially and this is what he does best wherever he plays is carry the ball and slow slow it down and turn the game back in Spurs' favor and he did that from that that position well all right he wasn't that penetrative he didn't get his shots away when he could have done but i think what he, the, the role that he was deployed in uh, he did a very very good job and um it's a lot harder for teams to play against us when Dembele's in that position than if he isn't, than 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 if Lamella was on in that position. As we saw when he came on, he had an absolute uh, terrible. <laughs> 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 you know, you yeah, know yeah, what I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to rein myself in. He had a terrible game. He had yeah. a terrible, terrible game. He, he was about as bad a performance as as you could expect from Eric Lamella, and we expect the worst generally. <laughs>
5: unfortunately. So, whilst he was given all this about Dembélé, what were you saying?
7: Well, what Dan Belli, what I kept saying over and over again was that. Uh what Dembele does, it looks nice, but it doesn't really hurt the other team. What it does, he is almost sacrificing himself for, for the team by, you know, working hard, winning the ball, about recycling possession. But Bardi made a point about yesterday's game, the Man City game, that when, winged, when the wide players get the ball, they're always looking forward, they're always moving forward. When Dembele gets the ball, he doesn't always look forward. Sometimes the move can break down with mm. him kind of dallying on the ball. I think in terms of um, what he was asked to do, he probably did do what he was asked I don't know what he was asked to do mm. but for me I just don't think he hurt Stoke and that's what
4: my issue is with him generally but we created enough chances to win that game not through him no, no.
6: not necessarily but it may be through his industry that opened up space. I think they did create a chance for him it was, that it was him who won the ball on the edge of his own box and then Ericsson played Chadley over the top straight away you, go. Go. <laughs> that's not, think, you see that is a classic example of misquoting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not so yeah. more or less did yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you face yeah. palmed him.
5: I think there's there's links <laughs> with Dembele and how he can start moves for sure. Yeah. I think I think the, the problem I have with him is I feel he puts us in between a rock and a hard place because one of the uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that the majority of our decent moments on Saturday came from runners from deep. And I've said this numerous times about numerous games where we never seem to have stuff coming up from behind the ball to give us more more options. And what he does by carrying the ball, as you say, but then because he is so in, not whether it's indecisive or whether it's just because of his own stop-start movement, no one can commit to runs or to movement because they start and they stop and they go, and Chadley must have done it six, seven times in the first half. Now, I don't think Dembele had a particularly bad game, but what I'm saying is he does not he doesn't help us do what we do best mm. when we look at our best in terms of like when Davis set up the goal when Mason ran through and, and obviously Butler made that fantastic save mm. he doesn't help us do that he hinders it if anything
7: but he was on the right as was Carl Walker and Walker's probably our best player so from that point of view their side was probably a best. We're, 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 there's some good things did actually come from.
5: We didn't actually attack. We attacked more down our left-hand side. I think I looked on Who's Called Yes uh, this morning, and we attacked 46% of our attacking movement went down our left-hand side compared to low 30s on the right-hand side, which really surprised me, mm. because you would have thought, is that car walker being asked look, first of all, but let's focus more, let's get this defensive stuff right, we know what you can do going forward, blah, blah, blah. It's because
4: <laughs> Dembele's role wasn't to attack
5: him necessarily. Yeah, I, 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 no, no, I'm why, just i just saying, that's why, I'm just kind of carrying so, it into that but, point but, of what,
4: but what he does is he, he, he creates opportunity. Just because a player isn't necessarily attack-minded uh, and Dembele isn't necessarily... Uh, on the right-hand side doesn't mean it won't open up opportunities in the other areas of the pitch, and and. But I, he is attacking. Well, this is the because he was a striker, know, wasn't it? he? He is attacking. That, at that is, a,
7: that is a, I think that's kind of a moot. Him, the fact he used to be a striker. I
6: mean, I don't think. That no, no. But what I'm saying is, is, you see, obviously has, though. Yeah. 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 i Are mean, you were saying like the other day? You know, I said, "Oh, yeah. new role for you on the right." He said, "Well, I played there out mine in Holland." And you're like, "Well, there's another role." Yeah. You know, is, is there any role he hasn't he hasn't played? In I,
4: there, I really else. like him. I really like, and he divides opinion.
6: Yeah,
5: I don't dislike. I feel that if. Him to be at his best, he needs a team almost built around him.
6: I think. I don't. I don't know. I, I just wonder. I think they've almost tried it. You know, he was yeah. playing number number ten last season, and um, uh, yeah, absolutely fascinating player. And you know, the amount of the articles about him just 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 keep coming. And um, yeah, really interesting. I mean, when he first joined, it was
7: him and Sandro that. Um... You know, there's an amazing partnership, the pair of them. And then Sandra gets injured and he kind of tails off from there. I think the frustrating thing about Dembele is that he's probably the most talented player yeah, that we have. Mm-hmm. Addibaior is obviously not part of the squad now, so. But yeah. other than that, I think Dembele probably got the most natural talent. So mm-hmm. I do what he can do. I don't know if it's the self belief or if it's just how he plays.
5: Is, I don't know kind of of... how he's coached. I don't know because, I mean, the game that always stood out for me with Dembele was the game for Fulham against United. And he, he it was strong, powerful, going players, but being decisive at the end of it, I, I genuinely haven't seen it.
4: You all remember
7: the 4 0 as well against Tottenham. He was he,
5: he <laughs> yeah, destroyed us.
7: Yeah. A he he, he never seems Kavili to be like,
4: like in the body, shape, he never seems to be able to create the body shape where he's about to shoot. I know he scored some goals for range, he scored against Lyon in the Europa League. Oh, couple of night it was, was! It was yeah. amazing, and I think he scored a goal against Fulham. The problem is, that you can remember them all,
6: yeah. That's exactly. Exactly. exactly the fact yeah. that I can remember them yeah. is, is the issue. But I, mean, I always come back to that, you know, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic signing, and then on his debut, what. Came on off the bench at half-time. Yeah. i Norwich, I think. Yes, Turn right. on the edge of the box, bottom corner. And then yeah. goes, 15 million, absolute like steal. steal yeah. And now you're thinking, what's it been, three, four goals since? So is it like Tottenham?
4: That? Is it Tottenham that's doing <laughs> it? <his laughs> because let's, let's move on to Lamella. He's, as I said, an te- awful performance. He, he really hasn't done much to warrant the money, although it's not his fault how much was spent on him. Have we created him... <laughs> Well, we turned him into this very well, average, sort of barely a professional footballer. <laughs> like I was saying to, I was saying to Tia um, during the game, right. I don't think after his contract at Spurs that you'll ever play football again. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the end of. We're witnessing the end of his career at 2022. 20, yeah. I think you're going to be
6: surely disappointed in, in, in some Europa League fixture in about four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. he bangs and in he for exactly. It. Yeah. He's very much still a professional footballer.
7: <laughs> I was going to use the caveat of the Copa America, but you know we also want Agüero. I believe he played in the Copa America because mm. um, I think he was slow in putting Lamela back into the team, which is why Lamela isn't starting. So maybe, may, maybe there's that but he's a player who will continue to frustrate uh, I think he'll be here come September first. I think he'll still be his Spurs yeah. player then.
5: He looked um, like he had a chip on his shoulder yesterday. Well, he, he looked pissed off.
7: He was pissed off because he kept losing the ball and fouling players to win the ball back.
6: Mm. Yeah, I mean, he has been, I think, behind everyone else in terms of preparations. He joined up with the squad when they went out to America for that MLS game. Mm. He had sort of longer holiday than everyone. I think, including I mean, Kane, being back before then, and everyone's been cool. writing about how you know how much whether Kane's had enough of a rest. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, he's. Um, I mean, I. I thought last pre season he looked really good actually a year ago. I thought he was possibly the best player and most exciting player in pre season. And, and then, you know, there's the Rabona goal, but there's just kind of every now and then there's flashes. Great goal against Burnley, wasn't there, at home yeah. Last, yeah. Last, last, last season? And then we finished really, storm. yeah, we yeah. finished the season really well. I think the best attacking player and at home against Man City. And then yeah. and then again, you're back to, back to square one. It's just like kind of, you know, all these false storms as we've seen with a few first mm-hmm. players, but just never seems to develop the confidence to kind of go, right, okay, yeah. five to ten games now, I'm, I'm really going to kick off.
4: At the start of the season, it's not, you can't. Can't write anyone else. I know I just did write him off, and that, that was partly a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, at the beginning of the season, there's always these. It takes time to get up, up and running, and it's a shame that we didn't beat Stoke. We should have beat them. We were a better team over ninety minutes. Uh, but it's just one of those things. Football, you know, you can see goals. The penalty was poor. Alderweireld probably shouldn't have given it away in that position. It wasn't the most dangerous position to concede a penalty. He admitted he made a mistake.
5: Uh, and It was a penalty, wasn't it? I've seen lots of people been saying it was very. I thought really? absolutely nailed on. Me and Buddy were sat up, literally next to the Stoke fans, away looking down into that yeah. corner, and both of us said straight, sure, "Oh, what well, a penalty!" What a bunch I, of pricks they were! They was all kicking off in Fucking there. Hell. Yeah, I was there. I thought I, I
6: haven't seen it more than I thought I saw it, you know, in, instantly live, and then I think once on a replay, I thought we went down easily. It did go. Uh, well, but it was yes. almost like. Well, I mean, Alderweireld didn't complain about it at all. Yeah. After he I knew. thought he might have done
5: because it. he should have come up, hand in yeah. the back, and just and just stood off. He's lack of concentration. He's gone. He's gone too tight. In. He's turned him, yeah. and, and it was, it. It was a nailed-on yeah. penalty. Rick, Rick was, was f- literally
4: five yards. That's exactly where Rick, Rick said, and he said, "It's a penalty all day." Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. yeah. So never argue with Rick. Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, and then obviously a massive bone of contention was the booing at uh, full time, and we have covered this before. And my stance on booing has changed massively since the first season of the Fighting cop where essentially I thought everyone who booed was a dickhead. But I thought I should die. Hmm. I think I said um,
7: they should all have a rice and cigarette
4: that's oh, what je- I said Jesus that's yeah, quite yeah. harsh mm. um, I've mellowed since then mellow mellow, mellow, mellow. <laughs> uh, yeah, apologies Ben that's right you need to be subjected to this <laughs>
5: um, yeah
4: no I mean that it, it, my, my stance on it has softened I understand that people pay a lot of money and if they go to a game and they don't feel like the effort has been put in or I don't know the, the kind of commitment isn't there or whatever then I can understand why some people do boo, but it was a reaction to 15, because we say 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Actually, the game, the goal, the the penalty came on 76, 78, 79. Is that right? Okay. So we're really talking, because before then we looked pretty secure. Mm. So we're really talking about 11 minutes of football, and that's a long time because a lot can happen in in a football match. So the Man United game was a positive one. We lost 1 nil but we were a better team. The The away fans were singing. Um, like seeing the team off the pitch yeah. because there was commitment and, and, and perf- performance there and in this game at home uh, it shows the difference between home and away support there was it was just vitriolic it was horrible it, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not
7: sure if it's home and away I think if we had if we had tunnel up at, at the Britannia and we gave up a lead like that I don't think the fans would necessarily be booing as loudly have you heard, ever heard, heard bo- booing away away game do <laughs> anyone you've been to have you ever heard booing no, I don't think we've had a bad loss the way games I've been to. No, oh, right. I have. remember Norwich Spurs when we
5: lost 1-0 to Norwich yeah, I was under there. Sherwood and there wasn't there wasn't booing. There was a lot of... You know, Grumbling. Yeah, yeah, no booing.
4: Yeah. And I, but, I don't, Spurs, but you know if Spurs don't win a game they'll be booing They're White lane, regardless yeah. of the... Well, there's more of us for a start. Yeah, but what? what more idiots? I think... <laughs> That's me saying. That's me taking your your words out your mouth.
5: No, I've, I've got a real. I have a, a real, real issue with it because I feel that it doesn't. It doesn't help anyone. No one knows the the thing that's really wound me up this week is because our people are booing Levy. They're not booing the player. You have no fucking idea what each individual person of that is is it's booing. booing yeah. If they most of the people that were, we didn't have any booing around us. Luckily, it, it seemed to be lower down. But when it did, it's always because of a. And it's always at these types of games, like a Stoke or, a, or whoever it might be, that we naturally feel that we should be beaten. The parallels between us and Stoke, unfortunately, are, are, there, to, are there to be seen. I think the problem that that happened yesterday was that that 10-minute slot between Kane and Mason going off and the penalty going in all happened within 10 minutes. Yeah. So it all happened very, very quickly, and it was then, particularly obviously towards the end of the game, and it was it was there to be... It was there to be booed. Do you it, then. Yeah. yeah. If that dodgy ten minutes had happened in the in the first half, it might not have happened. But like I said, it's it, the people saying, "Oh, they're booing at this, or they're booing at that." You have no fucking idea. You just say what you were. Booing what do you at. think, though? What do you think? they were booing?
4: T do you think they were booing the chairman, or do you think they were booing? Uh, you know, the, I uh, think
7: it was a combination because Harry Kane comes off and he's not replaced by a striker. There's no striker on the bench, mm. so obviously Levy is culpable to a degree for for that happening Mm. so there's that
5: Why wouldn't um, they boo when Kane's going off the pitch? Yeah, you
7: are asking me to explain uh, what everyone's thinking. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) We're asking your opinion Exactly
5: and he's for another one We've been going at it all week I think
6: think that's the thing about it is we we can stand here for 10-15 minutes and discuss all the frustrations about what's going on with Spurs at the moment strikers, central midfielders not having transfers in place at the right time style all this kind of thing ultimately if you've only got a few seconds at the end of a game as a collective group to express how you're feeling about throwing away two goals. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. end up with a collective it's just mm. like it's a noise of frustration made by a load of people at once as they go home. Yeah. And and I think you know the, the almost the sad thing about it is that it's almost common now. It's it's almost like kind of I find you know oh yeah there's booing at the final we're just used to it now mm. which is which is a bit of a shame. And
4: mm. quickly to end this first half why didn't dembele start
6: he did. Who did? What are you talking about?
4: Why didn't Ben Slep start? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. I think um, I think Pochettino was sending a message, but it's a bit. Do wary. you think he was? No, I don't wary.
4: think you did that.
7: So I... why do you think he's tired then? What other could there be?
4: Because his sh- sh- form against Man United was so poor. That's the only thing I could think of. Well, that's the message he sent then, You were a crap last week. You, you're on the bench. This oh, oh a message Levy. to Levy? No, oh, oh, no, right, no, no, no.
7: Okay. I think the. Di- I, think, him. I think I <laughs> <laughs> I think starting could be, but it's very what's the word tenuous yeah. mm. to say that and um, Dyer starting is him saying I want another defensive midfield because that's not Dyer's position and he shouldn't be there all season it's I don't, unfair I
5: that, don't really. think it was directly a result of Bentelev or it was but I think it was more to do with the fact that he wanted to play um, when Mason came on at Old Trafford he was the, good. the difference the number of passes that, Bentalev, that Dyer then made moving forward rather than going back to Toby was, mm. was a big was a big difference mm. and I think he wanted to be able to do more of that again in this game I think, I think
6: Pocciano showed I think, I think you know um, showed he got it right because when Bentaleb came on, he wasn't anywhere near as good yeah. as Mason, and that's where, that's when the two goals were conceded. So yeah. I think I think he probably um, he probably got it right. Okay,
4: that's it for the first half of the parting. We've got windy with another ten minute update. I don't ten. Know. No, I'm not having this. He sent me he sent me an email saying it's ten minutes. Just deal with it. It's not even sorry anymore. Yeah. It's just fuck you. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. So he's had, he's had, he's had a drink, hasn't he?
5: Has he? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's on the A, isn't he? Oh, is that what it is? He's yeah, on yeah. Yeah, he's in, he's in the So he's out a fear?
4: And you think oh, he yeah. just does think he's bully big bollocks? That's his problem. Yeah, he does.
0: Yeah. Windy, back to the I see you, got back. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off the loanees, there's been some action this week. Dominic Ball and Nathan Ottawa have joined Rangers on season-long loans, Shaq Coulthurst has joined Wigan on loan until the end of October, and Connor Ogilvie has joined Stevenage on loan for a month. Ogilvy Ball and Grant Ward remained on the bench this week, but Shaq Coulthurst made his Wigan debut, he was a 54th-minute sub, and Nathan Ottawa made his Rangers debut. He came on in the 61st minute and has really impressed their fans with his cameo. He was involved in their fifth goal with the surging run forward, but also has been a vine you may have seen of him trying a rainbow flick, which didn't quite come off, but looked impressive nonetheless. The under-18s drew one all at West Ham this week, with Keziah Sterling getting our goal. After that result, we dropped down to third in the under-18 league table, but only two matches have been played. Kieran McKenna said after the match, The boys are disappointed not to have got the win. We dominated possession right through the game, really controlled the territory and had West Ham camped in their half. But unfortunately, we didn't create as many clear-cut chances from our possession as we would have liked. And with the big chances that we did get, we didn't manage to take them. I think it was a fairly similar story for the under-21s, who drew 3 all with City at their purpose-built academy stadium. Ken McAvoy, Ishmael Azawi and Christian Magomas scored our goals. Magomas' header had put us ahead in the last minute, but City had just enough time left to equalise. Yugo Ekiog said, we've created about six or seven very good opportunities, but the boys haven't been ruthless enough in taking them. At the higher level, you've got to take those chances, and the decision-making has got to be better. On to the listener questions. Firstly, I just wanted to apologise to Matt Hull and to Trunk. I was deeply patronising in my youth update last week when I listened back, but do send better questions. So, picking up where I left off last week... At Shawnee C5 says Edwards doesn't seem to make the under 20 squad, under 21 squad very often. Is he far away from the first team, or are Spurs hiding him until he signs a professional deal? Um, Edwards is very small, so it's difficult for him to really uh, be trusted at under 21 level at the moment. I guess I would imagine he's at least a year off playing regular under 21 football. Although we'll probably see a glimpse from him uh, this season at that level. At Hampstar01 says, I was going to ask about Edwards as well. Any updates on whether he'll sign a deal with us? Not seen raw talent like that before. Well, yeah, it, uh, there's lots of talk about Edwards, this contract situation. Uh, there were problems last year, and I think there were problems with clashes with a, with, with at least one coach in training. Now, when you say clash, you, you think of some kind of fight, but I don't think it was that serious. I think Edwards wasn't necessarily training as hard as um, what the coaches would have expected, perhaps with him being friends of reese oxford he's seen oxford get first team exposure or 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 more exposure at west ham and he's disappointed that he's on a similar level or technically a higher level but isn't getting the same kind of recognition as spurs you know i'm I'm paraphrasing here i'm completely guessing but that could be a, a reason behind some of his behavior apparently that was all resolved edwards has really um picked up his his uh, intensity in training, I gather he's good friends with Kasaya Sterling, who I, I hear trains incredibly well and has a really good attitude. And hopefully uh, he's back on the right track now. Whether he'll sign a new contract, I'm not sure. I've heard he signed a pre-contract, but I don't know what that means in practical terms. At Anon Zero Max says, any chance of Marcus Edwards doing a Reese Oxford this season? And no, uh, basically for the reasons I mentioned already, I think because he's too small, um, Oxford is, is more physically ready. Whereas Edwards is, I mean, he must be five foot five or six. He's tiny and uh, he needs to sort of grow a bit and beef up a bit before he can be trusted at, at first team level. At Matt45Davis says, With such talent coming through over the last few seasons now, why have we never done anything in the Youth Cup? It's a very good point, and I think it's probably partly because we tend to, uh, for the Youth Cup games, draft back in players who've been playing up at the under-21 level, which could disrupt the flow um, and momentum of a team. It also means they're not necessarily used to playing together as a a coherent unit. Um, Aside from that... I don't know. Maybe maybe partly if players drop down from under-21 level, they, they don't show the same level of commitment that an under-18 player desperate to impress might do. Again, I'm guessing it's, it's hard to know why. At the Tottenham Way says, excluding Onomar and Winks, is there anyone capable of doing a Rees oxford in the near future? I think Walker Peters. Uh, I, I mean, he's small as well. He's another player that's very small and has some growing to do, but he's durable and he takes the knocks and he gets back up. Um, and he's a, he's a really exciting dribbler uh, from, from the right back position. He's also played a few times on the right wing in, in recent weeks. Um, so he's obviously still able to play there. That was his original position before he got moved back to right back. But I really like uh, Walker Peters. I think he's, he's going to be a star. At Vitonganeta, that's a good at, says With Fazio probably leaving and Dyer being used in defensive midfield, does Cameron Carter have a chance of breaking through this year for cup games? Certainly, Fazio leaving would help his cause, and I think he'll he'll possibly get a look-in in the Europa League, but there are a fair few centre-backs ahead of him still in the pecking order. At Hotspur423 says, What do you make of Hugo Ejio's time at Spurs? Has he made any material changes, good or bad? Difficult to say, really. I mean, Echiog seems a very stern character. He talks a good game. You wouldn't want to sort of get on his wrong side, put it that way. He's got a quite intense stare when he's... He's on the Spurs TV clips, and he, he does seem fairly strict, which is no bad thing, I think. Um, I mean, the other 21s play good football, but I would say that they've played good football since before Ekiog's time as well. But he certainly hasn't had a negative impact, that's for sure. At Spiggy Tope says, Why would you imagine Leeds United are being selected as the preferred partner for the loaned defensive midfielder at Velkovic? Uh, So I told you last week or the week before that Velkovic might be going to Leeds and then it obviously all fell apart for various reasons. I think Leeds would have been selected because they're a high-profile, well-supported side that get good crowds and we probably want to expose Velkovic to that kind of environment. But if he's not going to get regular game time, then there's no point sending him there. At 1982 BPC says, how close is Ken Minibale McAvoy to the first-team squad? Is a loan move the next step in his development? Well, McAvoy will be helped by the fact that ottawa has gone out on loan because it'll mean more more games for him on under-21 level. He was definitely behind ottawa, uh, and others, to be honest, in the pecking order. I don't think McAvoy is a first-team prospect for Spurs. I think a League One move eventually is more likely. Whether he gets a loan, which leads to us getting a fee for him, I'm not sure. He hasn't necessarily done particularly well out on loan, so it would be finding the right level to send him to. And at Tom Davy 88 had a similar question, so I hope I've answered your question about McAvoy as well. At Reg Welk says, your thoughts on 16-year-old spam player making a first team, could it, should it happen at Spurs? I mean, it could happen. I think it's unlikely that we send a 16-year-old through to the first team immediately. But when you've got someone like Carter Vickers, for example, who was physically well-developed enough at 16 to have held his own at that level, that's the kind of uh, scenario where you could see a player getting exposed to the first team very early. Harry Winks was training with our first team squad at 16 as well, so, you know, he didn't get any games, but he probably wasn't a million miles away. At Tim Hopkins says, how do we compare to the other big clubs in youth development and players making the senior squad better than most, about the same? Um, well, Chelsea and Man City have really impressive academies. Um, Chelsea's obviously won the uh, Youth Cup and the Under-18 League last season um they have some exceptional talents there whether we're on a par with them i'd say no we're not quite but for a for a smaller club who probably has less money to invest on that side of things we're doing well um and we we certainly do better than a lot of the bigger clubs at that level i think our youth academy is better than arsenals for example at Ben Borman 21 says, could you do a brief player profile on Cameron Carter-Vickers and what chances there of him playing Europa Cup games this season? Um, let's do that next week so I can spend a bit more time on Cameron Carter-Vickers. At Neil underscore I underscore am 37 says, what youth players do we have as trialists? Where is Musa Yahia? Has his permit been granted? I think I spoke about Yahya last year, last week rather. Uh, I get the impression that he can... The international clearances is in the offing. That might have happened by January. By then, we'll be able to register him for the under-18 league, and we'll hopefully see him play a few matches. As for other trialists, I don't know. I don't really get that kind of information, um, and I, I just wouldn't know where to find that kind of thing out unless it's reported in the press. So your guess is good as mine, Neil. Finally at Gavin C 137 says which of the youth in the current 23 man squad do you think will break out this season he feels Onoma could be the hidden gem yeah although not so hidden now since he's been getting quite a bit of press exposure so Onoma is certainly one I think Harry Winks has got a great chance because of the position he plays he's he's more suited to the double pivot that Pochettino wants to to instill inside. the side um like I mentioned before, Walker-Peters, I think, could, could impress if he's given an opportunity. And Cameron Carter-Vickers, if he gets a chance in the Europa League, he'll, he'll impress as well. So it's very positive. We've got lots of talented young players bubbling under the surface, and I'd hope for at least one or two of them to come through this year and become squad regulars. OK, that's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter, at windycoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. <laughs>
4: Second half of the Fighting Cock podcast. Thanks a lot, Windy. Thank you. The Fighting Cock supports the campaign against living miserably. 12 men a day commit suicide. It is, in fact, the biggest killer of men aged under 45 in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm, have a helpline open between 5pm and midnight. The number is 0808 802 5858. Leicester City at the weekend, they're top of the league. (laughs) Yeah, top of the league. No one would have thought that. I mean, Ranieri, when he he was made manager, there's a little bit of of ridicule, a little bit of, you know, is he the right man for the job? And, And he may well not be. They may get relegated still, but they're essentially another win away from being a quarter of the way to safety <laughs> we're,
7: we're, five point, we're five points adrift of them,
5: aren't we yeah, yeah we're chasing Leicester City yeah you know. um, it was a strange one when he got appointed wasn't it because it, it almost seemed there was so much ridicule about it it almost seemed a little bit of xenophobic like I was old little strange foreigner coming over <laughs> honestly that's what it was because I didn't hear a single positive word about any of it and he's you know I know he's had a few ups and downs but he's Do managed of
7: big clubs if you lose to the Faroe Islands you deserve to get grief Sorry. and that's what he did for Italy No for Greece you, Yeah they, they lost got of money They could
4: been, Probably took a That's probably, pretty bad You, you don't lose to them though <laughs> Go on um, Yeah so I mean that, That's um, That was surprising In But they, I think they started the season Pretty well last year uh, was it? They come up. So
7: they, they beat. They beat United. They beat United. Yeah,
4: the five-three five game. The Maria scored that. Uh, and obviously, the there's ball. a little bit of worry around Leicester when Pearson left because he'd done a great job in getting them up and keeping them up. Um, but but there he, was a lot, there's was a lot of discord around him because
7: he's, he's meant to have been sacked, was not he, last season? And then when they of, through, Yeah,
4: it was all. It's bordering on psychopathic. The guy. He's weird little bloke, isn't he? he's quite big. He's a unit. Yeah, he's. Uh, Ben. What do you think of Leicester? Have you seen them
6: play this year? I haven't seen a lot of them, no. But I mean, um, I mean, Mara is looking very good. I think he'll be, um, he'll, he'll be a worry. Um, again, I mean, Arnautovic, I was kind of a little bit concerned about um, for uh, the weekend because he was very, very good at uh, the 3 0 game at Stoke last season. Mari's again looks like a wide player he's in really good form. Looks like he's <laughs> playing well as well. It looks like it's not yeah. a very good time to play Leicester because they'll be, will be full of confidence and they gave Spurs a real game in, in both games last season. Uh, they were really unlucky. Yeah, in a, in a way has stoked you as well, so it's another one of those games where um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, all of a sudden you're just looking at it now, kind of going, you know, with, with, with not necessarily saying we're massively concerned about Spurs, but but going in the past, you might have thought, well, that that should be should be three points. Spurs are quite decent on the road, you know. And now, who knows? I think it'd be a really really it's tough funny
4: game. What a couple of results do? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. if <laughs> we'd won those games or even drawn against you know, drawn against United and beat Stoke, everyone would be really positive. In the exact same uh, watching the exact same performances as we did. Yeah. They everyone would be in a positive mood and now we're not we're looking at Leicester City and thinking, fuck.
6: <laughs> I, I think I think the danger is as well. It's almost a no-win situation at the weekend in that you know Spurs might still go to Leicester as favourites almost, mm. and you know if, if you beat them, then everyone will go, well, yeah, you know, there we go, finally, Spurs have got the season up and running, and Leicester are never going to stay up there. If you don't win, then all of a sudden it's you know Spurs have got two points from three games, or, or you know one point from three games, and it's you know you really need to come away from there with it, you know, with, with a good result and a good performance. Panic stations to a certain extent because Harry
4: um, Redknapp. When he came in, we were two points from oh, eight games. Okay. So who was
6: saying
5: that? So I think it was Bardi Said All he kept saying to me, like, after the 80th minute, or after the 85th minute, was like, fucking hell, we're going to be two points from eight.
7: Um... <laughs> Now Leicester beating West Ham last week isn't to be sneered at in a sense that you, West Ham came off a big win against Absolutely. Arsenal. The tails are up. It was um, Billich's return to um, Upton Park mm. in the league. So you know, obviously there was that hanging around the game. Oxford come off a good game, so for them to Did he start, you he did. Yeah, he, he struggled. Yeah, you know, but, but but for them to do as well as they have, I think they've signed um, the guy from Maine. Can't pronounce his name. Fucking was that the Japanese. one Japanese I, fellow, yeah right. Okay, but he, not. <laughs> 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 we are not Xenophobic I swear really. but, um, but no, it looked like it looked like they did quite well, and we will, we will have a workout But I think, as Ben said, it's a no-win situation. If we beat them three 0 they weren't that good anyway, and if we lose, then death threats. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think if we if we went up there and did a and did a decent job, you know, I'd like say similar performances as to, as to what we've had, but come away with a, with a two 0 win, I, th- I think people would probably say. I think I, I think you're probably right. You're probably, it probably all depends on the performance it? in this game. I got think got the fans convincing. would be happy
4: if we went up there and won two 0 yeah. oh, I'd be I'd be over the moon. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. got to be a
5: convincing yeah. performance. Yeah. Then yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, at the moment I'll take any even a scrappy win like last year. To be honest, I, hope, I hope King, oh, they're yeah. the best ones. I love those ones. Yeah. I love it when you just take it out of them and they deserve all of it and you just take it. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah.
4: And when, I like the ones when you're you're undeserving, like yeah. when you get a really bad penalty. Yeah, like, do you remember Zakoro against? I think mean, it was Birmingham. Portsmouth. On oh, Portsmouth it was, and he, he dived. Like, it was yeah. It was ridiculous. He turned yeah. on the box. He turned in the box. Yeah. Player kind of lifted his leg, but he dived massively. Yeah. But I loved it. Yeah, I loved every <laughs> mm-hmm. minute.
7: I remember there was a bit of a Ferrari over that at the time, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was we terrible.
4: Don't do that with Spurs. Well, yeah, I had that as well. I mean, I like game the game to be played in the right way, but I also like hearing the the heart's break of the old way of course. <laughs> children's tears the children's tears are the best kind of tears hmm. not if not across life but just in proper statements. <laughs> children crying generally are quite bad you know I don't like that <laughs> every week unless <laughs> uh, you have signed a player called Christian Fox <laughs> is that right? yeah yes isn't, that's not how you pronounce your surname Fuchs so it would be northern it's, it's it's almost blasphemous isn't it yeah he's, I don't I think he came on the sub last week, so I don't well, I know. Well anyone know anything yet. about him at all? What is he? He's a chairman. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think what, no, <laughs> what you're asking me. Where does he play? I don't know. He's signed from he? He's chairman? he signed from Schalke. So, so I don't know. <laughs> You can see you Ben that? our, understanding, got that written, no, our yeah. understanding of the game. Uh, he's Austrian. <laughs> oh, he's Austrian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our understanding
6: of our opposite Our, our previews are rubbish. Yeah. Essentially, because no, we don't really know anything. I start worrying about the opposition on like a Tuesday afternoon, and this is you know it's, it's just a few hours too early. Yeah. Yeah. If you ask me tomorrow evening, I'll be an expert.
5: Yeah. <laughs> the fighting court is kind of split between football knowledge and dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Down the line, yeah. we're the best ones. We are the best ones. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we're the dickheads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they did. They did beat West Ham, and know uh, I, I went. I went down to Ball Street and did this prediction. You can see it on YouTube, but I'm not sweaty this time. Um, yeah, and we did this Predictor League, and the West Ham fan there is a lovely chap. To be fair, uh, it, it was kind of waxing lyrical about West Ham that they're going to be in like a unsuspecting team. They're going to finish halfway up the league, and then uh, they lose to Leicester after. Playing West Ham, uh, after playing Arsenal, and you can kind of understand it because you can only play against the opposition that's in front of you, and different tactics bring out different performances. And they played against Arsenal in a perfect system, but Leicester obviously brought something different. Hmm. And one way or another, they lost that game. And I'm just wondering whether or not Pochettino is going to be able to circumnavigate Ranieri's genius. God knows. <laughs> I thought I actually thought
7: Danny Rose would be back.
4: Is, I he, yeah. he I thought, Is he fit now? No, he's but, on the bench,
7: isn't he? said yeah, he, he's got a fully fit squad to pick from and <laughs> Pritchard wasn't in the squad and Rose um, mm-hmm. didn't even start. To be fair, Davies did brilliantly for the goal to, to made the assist. Yeah, but didn't he fuck up for the second? Yeah, right,
4: but he did good for the goal, right? He just focused on the positive for once <laughs> yeah. in a while. He surprised me. I didn't know I thought it was at him.
6: Yeah, yeah, he, was, yeah, he did he was, well. He was beaten in the air a few times in his own box, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, which, which wasn't wasn't ideal.
5: And just he's not. Oh. As, he's just not as... Dynamic, in particular when we've got possession in our own half and starting something and starting some type of move, he's, he's yeah. just nowhere near. As, as I, I don't
7: think he's a fallback. He doesn't seem to have the dynamism, as you've said. He doesn't seem to have the mobility. The modern what, day. Fallback. What is he then? He's, I think he's. I mean, I think Windy said his best game was at centre back.
5: Is that where he, he's played there for Wales a few times? Yeah, I think he played there in yeah. one of
7: our Europa League games. And um, about four hundred of them. I know. There. I know. So I don't know what the future is for him. I suppose I think within eighteen months he'll be he'll be gone. I think. He's, <laughs> I, th- I think. I think.
5: So.
2: <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
5: Fuck you, Ben Davies, you cunt! Yeah. Well, get out of the club. We've just gone from going. That's probably one of his more progressive <laughs> games. So if you're going to go on in eighteen months. No, but you I... really are doomed these days. No. You?
7: no, no, it's not. It's not that at all. I mean, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about our transfer policy later on, but um, <laughs> I do, I do feel that um, I, I don't know how much longer he is going to be at Spurs for. Fair enough.
6: Fair enough. <laughs> I, I think, interesting. What said, I think what's interesting is everyone's said, oh look, look how well Rose progressed last season, yep. given the competition from Davies. Oh. I think what was interesting was the improvement from Rose, given. the Lack of competition from Davis. Yeah. You know, I, I think you know he he, yeah, he, he came in, and a lot of people were expecting him to be the first choice left back and replace Rose, and Rose might even leave. Yeah, uh, towards the end of the season, when Rose really, really kicked on, probably around February, March time. I think Davis, just, you know, just wasn't in the same class going forward, or defensively. I thought Rose was probably consistently one of the best players at the back end of last Absolutely. season. I'm quite surprised he didn't start the weekend. Um, yeah,
4: yeah. You, I mean, every single time. Uh, Rose has been out of the squad we've struggled mm. or out of the first team we've, we've struggled yeah. it? And, and and we've been talking about it for a couple of seasons now is that he offers something that very few fullbacks do you know he's very direct He's defensively he's not amazing but he offers something to the team going forward and the way football's played these days is that full-backs are increasingly important going forward yeah. they offer width the only real width now because you play this free behind the front man uh, I, I can't wait for him to be back in the squad I think we'll see a slightly different and more improved Tottenham with Danny Rose in yeah. that team.
7: Yeah, I mean, even with the assist, I don't I think anyone could believe it was him. It was a hard hard day like, yeah, <laughs> no one could believe it was him that of the pitch <laughs> know, and making an impact. But um,
5: but does that say so he's maybe listening or being coached? Maybe that's a game that's being being coached into him a bit more. Well, I hope so. Things change very quickly at Tottenham, you know. Hmm. Poor little Trippier. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Just can't get on the pitch.
4: Yeah, shouldn't have cut his hair.
7: Did
6: he cut his hair? Yeah. I think I think what well, we're probably forgetting is the number of games that are going to start up. Yeah. The exactly. Capital yeah. One Cup, Europa League haven't had yet. That's going to come in. I think there's going to be more than enough games to go around, and yeah. um, that's going to be a really good battle at right back. It's just um, I think it'd be, it'd be nice to see a little bit more of a, of a battle at left back.
4: Mm. Okay. So uh, what are the predictions for Leicester?
6: We'll win two one. Uh, I said draw for Stoke. I'm going to go draw again. Uh, one one or two two. It's not very positive, is it, Ben? It's uh, subjective. Oh. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> uh, I genuinely think
4: we'll walk it. 3 0. No. I think 5 0 no Spurs. Mm. Okay. okay. Uh, Soldado's gone. Yes. <laughs> Are you happy about this, thing? Yes. Uh, Why well, have I, you done to him for? Uh, I'll go on and let him have his. Yeah, because time you know on. how he feels about him. Yeah, well, I've got some stuff to say. You haven't forgiven him since uh, Fiorentina. No. And, and to be fair, he, he single handedly was at uh, fault for us not winning that competition <laughs> but um I wanted him to be so good I really loved Soldado I love his attitude and he's, he's kind of his desire was there, there was this uh, picture of him and a quote that he made a, 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 on leaving is that a real quote yeah so, he yeah, right, yeah. wrote a he wrote an open letter to the yeah, phone yeah. so apologising for not delivering Effect, essentially, yeah. We no, put out a tweet saying, "Did we? Uh, did we? Did, <laughs> did did Tottenham Hotspur fail Soldado, or did Soldado fail Tottenham Hotspur?" That irritated me so much. Go on. Well, where are you go? it's a question? No, no, no. It's not. I'm not. I'm not digging. I'm just saying.
7: Well, people like are digging, saying. Down. People so. are saying that Spurs failed Soldado. I think that's. I think that's utter
4: bollocks. Well, why did he do so well at Valencia and not at Spurs then? I <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> have to know. that ain't an answer I just say, I don't
4: know. Go on. What's
7: it? Uh, no, I'm just saying that. people have said that Spurs failed him but I don't think Spurs failed him it was him missing chance after chance on a yard out which is what he would do with alarm and regularity and what was annoying about Fiorentina wasn't the fact that he missed because everyone misses it's just the he just didn't have no accountability any responsibility for it and I just thought well you know I know you're a lovely bloke but just fuck off out of my club how do
5: you you take (laughs) responsibility what do you mean in terms of take responsibility look at the charts again yeah, tell me what responsibility did he take? Yeah, no, but I thought I'm like, how, how? Oh, you mean take responsibility of making sure he doesn't fuck up? Well, he we could have done two things pass it properly. Yeah, oh, I thought you meant or like, like after like
4: like the an, fact, like, like he can like go, goes, uh, goes walks
5: up to the fans and goes like that after he's done
4: it. And then. Or just put it in the net, which. which yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I get what you're saying.
7: Exactly. A lot of people are apologising for him because he's a nice guy and I think, well. <laughs> football, I mean. Harry Kane is, is ideal, because he's, you know, he's a lovely <coughs> fellow, he's got a bit of a social media presence, and he actually works his arse off with of Spurs, and what he does comes off. And for some strikers, sometimes you'll have a run of form and nothing comes off. But when it's two seasons, you just think, well, I think you had a problem, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're,
4: anyway, prob- <laughs> you're probably right. You're yeah, probably got right. I probably, mean, even even, even if, if Spurs' tactics didn't suit his, his
6: play, it didn't kind of account for the... Terrible
4: misses. I, was, I think of
6: I'm that, that Liverpool. Just not sure it's a, a, a tactical thing, really. I'm just, you know, even halfway through his first season, you were looking at him going, "There, everyone's just kind of, you know, on, on Twitter or ever saying, you know, oh, well, he's not going to score this kind of goal. He's not going to score that kind of goal. And you know, he's not going to tower above a centre back and head it in. Mm-hmm. He's not going to score a twenty yarder, you know, like Jermaine Defoe used to, you know, create that kind of goal out of nothing. He's not going to race in behind the <laughs> so defence and so What kind of goal is he going to score? And then everyone, went, it's low crosses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. seriously, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. low crosses, and our wingers don't do that. So mm-hmm. it's Townsend's fault or it's Abbi's fault or whoever. Mm, no. They put, you know, when he ever really got a low cross, you know, he's, he's what hit the bar from six yards. There was another one who took an awkward bobble and he put that wide, and that was a difficult chance. It just got to the stage where, you know, it's, we're making a lot of excuses for someone whose confidence is clearly very, very low. And yeah. when he did score a goal again, like Lamela, when something does come off, it, you don't see that, you know, you don't suddenly see someone gain confidence and kick on. It just seemed like, it, you know, one of those classic cases of someone really struggling to adapt to English football, uh, yeah, struggling yeah. against English defenders, wh- wh- whatever that was. Uh, you, you wrote some stuff about Soldado.
4: No you've got nothing to say about Soldado yeah
6: yeah my, my
5: issue isn't with Soldado is the fact that, uh, that he hasn't performed and hasn't gone M- my issue on, on social media and all the rest of it was the uh, the ritual that went towards the people that said oh well good luck to you you know shame it didn't work out good luck there seemed to be a real part of the Spurs fan base that genuinely want him to to just melt into in, you know in some kind of furnace but, but, and it seemed like anyone that was even sticking up for him not it's not even sticking up for him just the fact of like that whole open lecture and saying look I, I wouldn't swap it for the world it's, it's not worked out I've tried my best it hasn't worked out I thought that was a nice thing to do. And people are saying, "Oh, it's only because he's got good social media skills that people even like him." That's yeah, cynics. But, but that's fine. I don't. I don't care. We moan about all the time about our greedy people that we can't relate to in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And, and then to- they go the other way, and we still slag them on Don't off. you think it's a nice thing that a
4: footballer who earns. Fifty grand a week actually takes the time out of his day to. Yeah, he doesn't
5: gain anything it from it from us now. Yeah, because he? he's 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 had you know two seasons of dog shit. He's showing it, like pointing it to as I'm saying. Two seasons of dog shit. And actually, if
4: someone takes time to, to relate to their fans, even if all right, an open letter isn't the. What are you laughing at? Yeah, no, go on. Of what I'm gonna say? Go on, what, what you gonna say?
7: Bad. You know, I mean, it's like it's, the way you laugh guns It's like if Harold Shipman. Fucking write like an open letter. So you know what? I'm <laughs> sorry I killed off a money to start. you, you just compared so to,
5: to Howard Shipman? <laughs> yes, I have. I'm thinking... That's, no. like, that's a new low. Yeah, <laughs> <that is> <laughs> You've like...
7: ruined Spurs' lives. But look, um, all just aside, I think... You know, I'm quite cynical, but I think him writing that letter was quite cool, and it's nice to see the fans have a, have a rapport with the player. And um, that's something... Well, maybe I'd like to see a bit more, but hopefully... It would be a case of Harry Kane where the player is actually performing and is getting and is worthy of the praise. I think with um, with Soldado, as Ben said, you know, oh, if you put in this cross or that cross, I think people are making excuses for him. When people said um, that Spurs had failed
4: him, I thought, no, this is really upsetting me now. Okay, so we've uh, we've signed
6: and and Joy Clinton and Clinton. His first name's Jai. Apparently, so I just to saw on the video. Well, Spurs put something on online, kind of where he, which they seem to have to do for every signing now, where he houses yeah. his own name. Yeah. It was massively more confusing afterwards. <laughs> uh, they had to go and speak to the press officers and say, right, okay, well, how, how do we say this guy's um, name? Yeah. Um, Clinton and Jai, and Jai Clinton, some, some, something like that. People okay, call Clint. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good. That, that's easy. Yeah, yeah. Toby and Clint. Yeah. Uh, he's the, uh, fast.
7: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a great deal about him, but. Um, Last season was almost his break-up. It didn't start. I don't think he started loads and loads of games. But I think in terms of um, goals and assists per minute, he has got fairly decent numbers. So he's very raw. He's. Um, I'm guessing from the little I've seen, him was a bit like Sadio Mane, where he plays out wide. They can play in the middle if, if yep. he'd be. We he played at the weekend, didn't he, Mane? Why are you doing this to me?
4: (laughs) Why are you doing this to
5: me? uh,
4: When we was watching the game on the weekend... What game? Even the money. Do you remember I was saying about... um, You were pissed, weren't you? I I was... So we... I thought for one second, just a second, <laughs> that uh, Diouf was Mane. Mane. Oh yeah, yeah, for a second, yeah, yeah, yeah. You because know, I I confused Stoke with Southampton. I was pretty drunk as well, and the guy looks kind of looks from a distance. They look alike. <laughs> it's about, they're about a foot different to the height. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but not from not from two hundred yards. He ain't. Anyway, <laughs> look, look, point. my port like you know inbuilt racism came out a little bit to be fair, but um. My point is I want to apologise oh. live on air. <laughs> 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 uh, I can't remember what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about NJ
7: and um yeah. I think maybe he'll play him do you, do you think he'll play on Saturday? I no.
5: No, I think, it,
4: I I think it's I think it's a little you, early. He like, trained
5: today, I think he, he took you the
4: chance. I think today. it was like a prospect. When someone says raw, right, what do you think? In my head, if someone passes to him from twenty yards or more it's gonna bounce off his knee and yes. yeah. go that's the kind of feeling
5: I have. And that, that's not saying that he will be like that, but that... I think I think what he'll what he'll bring if he does play Saturday or even the following weeks. I think what what he'll bring, and from everything that I've tried to read about him, is that like you say, very raw, uh, very quick. You know, just very, very much the um, you know unfinished article. But it will be a question of of him adding pace and pace is something that is is just so key even if it's not him actually affecting what that the the ball that is being played to him it's just something that gives the team something to think about because pace is certainly nothing that they have to worry about when it comes to Tottenham right now
6: what do you know about him Ben? it just sounds like from again what I've read I haven't seen a great deal Um, a colleague who covered Arsenal said he saw him in the Emirates Cup and said although Liam got Smashed six nil. Um, he looked one of the better players. That's pretty encouraging. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it sounds like. I mean, we've all been trying to work out: is is he the, the second striker? You know, that is going to provide competition for, for Kane because apparently he can play in a few positions. My, my guess is he's going to be one of those players who plays off the front. Yeah. And the fact that you know we're not necessarily sure whether he can play on a couple of couple of um, flanks and through the middle, it gives Pochettino options to um, you know play in different positions. And then and then, and then you know he can he can move from side to side. He can switch them during the game like. Sometimes does with with Chadley and Ericsson He yeah. can he can uh, you know switch positions with players, and I think that's what Pochino's trying to work towards. But we still haven't seen enough of. And I think if he could have a few players there who are completely comfortable in playing in various roles and can interchange <coughs> positions properly yeah. and have pace, um, then then I think that's more. You know, it looks like maybe that's what Pochino's is looking at because he's, he's been talking about adding pace to the side. With 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 raw
5: pace like that, it does get. Everyone talks about oh we have no plan B which I seem to hear every fan of every club always always says about about their team but Mm. When you have pace like that it, it then does give it If he does have to play up top And you can play a different type of game Of playing on the shoulder of a last man yeah. And that type of thing Which again we just haven't got at the minute
6: And also you know, how, how many times do we see Spurs players running in behind the back four Getting getting in behind their fullback, Getting doesn't onto happen, a long ball or Something like happen. that It's um, It tends to be you know, A lot of the time in front of the defence yeah. You've got your, your wide men Cutting in and trying to create room To get a shot off But it's rarely, rarely in behind them So um, hopefully hopefully that's what he's going to bring to the team mm.
4: OK, and it looks likely that Berrino's going to sign for Spurs. I wish you hadn't said that, now. Why? Because if he doesn't look like cunts. Right, oh, well, no,
7: because you we... just said it looks like he might. I you? know, so I was kind of hoping you just wouldn't read that part. What, yeah. I, what I said,
4: <laughs> Ben, he didn't mean that about you. You just talking yes. about a general fighting cog. No, <laughs> no, <he laughs> <bothered.
0: laughs>
4: we make ourselves look like female parts on a very Sorry. often basis. I'm um, excited about that, though. I think. Okay, I No, seriously, if you you do sign him, his his numbers are pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, and, and, you know, he scored 20 goals last season, Kane scored 31, that's a 50-goal partnership, isn't it? Sure. Guaranteed.
5: Missed an absolute sitter on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, (laughs) did. That
4: was poor. All right, we won't go into too much, just in case he doesn't sign. (laughs) Uh, Questions from the people that listen to the fighting cock. God bless you. Uh, Jace, what the fuck? J-Sar, J-Sar. Says, do you think from Dembele Reddit. Huh? from Reddit? J Sar from Reddit. Do you think Dembélé is impressing on the right? I'm um, we've answered this, haven't we? we? Have, um, Alright, yeah. sorry J Sar, well you'd be pleased Please to the first half. Alright, second question. Luke Seaborn from oh. Facebook says, What's the one main thing which has caused the regression from the Champions League side?
5: <sighs> um That's a meaty
6: question. I would say replacing players with ones who aren't as good. But it's really hard. How do you replace Bale? How do you replace Modric? It's yeah, but I mean, they had what hundred million pounds to spend, and, and it's been um, you know fairly, fairly obviously they haven't done that very well. And if they'd spent that money better, then um, you know hopefully be seeing seeing a better team. I struggle with the whole spending money better idea
5: though, because when you looked at it and you saw people like I said, as much as we've just talked about soldado, when you looked at numbers and you looked at everything in black and white, you know, we were all excited about it. There's no yeah, getting sure. around it. Yeah. The same with maybe not quite as much with Lamella, but you know, there was a huge amount of excitement. That might have been more to do with a fee than anything else. Mm. You know, Christian, I think it's how it's very easy to say in hindsight about the money and we're in that difficult situation of when we didn't after we didn't make it uh, the next year when Chelsea won in the final, which was 100% Redknapp's fault, um, <laughs> then, um, he's, then then we were in that horrible situation of being between Champions League and Europa League and having to go in that second tier of players. And if you're forced to shop in that value, you're not going to get the same players that you had before.
7: Mm. Okay. <laughs> Adam Michi, who was on the pod a while back, yeah. um, he did a tweet the other day saying since the summer of 2012, we've purchased 23 players. And only five of them have given us any kind of return. And those five would be Lloris, Fatongan, Erickson, Shadley and Eric Dial. Wow, so, so he's agreeing with me. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, just, I, just, I just think that um, people say Spurs should spend money, but we have spent it quite badly. But, I mean, I agree with both because Alex made the point that um, the the level that we're shopping at, he, we, we're going. We are going to take gambles. I mean, you've got people like um, Chelsea. You can just buy um, Hazard and Costa, and they're they they're, they're the finished article. We've got to buy people like um, prospects. Yeah, Potential. people are like prospects or people like um Soldado just bubbling below the surface. Like
4: and Modric and Bale I mean, yeah. when you yeah. signed them, I I hadn't heard of Luke Modric. No, and right. he raped. He destroyed England. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even drunk. I don't even yeah, know why I yeah.
5: said that. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, uh, but it, even Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool don't have. Um, Money-wise, not haven't heard much, but the wage power that Liverpool have—I yeah, mean, we've no, seen that with Milner. You know, Milner. Are, you know, me and you in particular. 150 pounds yeah, a week, isn't You we? know, yeah, which we're never going to be able to do. No, so, no. when you get stuck into that into that bracket, it's it's so difficult. And I and I fully agree with you. People say, "Oh, spend the money, spend the money," and it's like on on what. I'd rather it? us do it this way, and personally, I'd rather us just give it all to the kids and just let us watch it do that. <laughs> yeah. It's f- fucking
6: it much I, more fun. I, I think obviously, clearly, it's, it's very complicated. <laughs> you know, you could come up with, with lots of reasons. You know, managerial instability, um, everything along with it. You know, if the question is what's the one main thing, um, and you've just got to kind of you know just come up with an answer rather than fudge it, then I just look at that team. You know, you know, bail. Adaboyo up front, you've got mm. Bandewart in behind, Modric in behind, you know, with the exception of Adaboyo, who's still there. They've sold these players and they got good money for them. You know, we know Daniel Levy gets good money for them. They didn't leave on the cheap and they had that money. To spend and they made and you know they, they own these players. It's yeah. not not being naive enough to suggest that if they're under contract, they just don't go full stop. Yeah. But you know, they got a huge offer for bail, they got very good money for Modric and and had money to, to replace them. Um, and if you look at it now and go, is that team as good as that as that yeah, team not and is this team good enough for the top four? I think you'd have to say no. And, yeah. and, and and so decisions have been made along the way over the last few years where that team has become this team. And mm. um, I think you have to say, you know, man for man, it, it, it's not as strong and it's not strong enough, yeah.
7: But in order, you got the um, the the, the rise of Man City as well um, when, we, when we finished Fourth City was still On the up So now we're competing with Well there's a top four Liverpool are just outside Even though they finished Above them last season Fortuitously mm. I think It's going to be very hard For us to get Champions League places. And I think now What we've got to do Is just try and Um Get a stable squad together yeah. and buy more sensibly, but there's no scientific way of doing that. Yeah, exactly. We look at so we look at Southampton and they you know they're bought sensibly, you look at um Swandin, in a lesser degree, they buy um IU who looks half decent it so far. Um, Gomez this scores off like nine and seven or seven in nine. So you know, it's, a, it's what a, can it's you do?
4: A, so, no, I mean every squad, every team goes through periods of having brilliant sides. Hmm. You know, Arsenal had that team in two thousand three, two thousand and four Their team isn't as good and hasn't been as good since then. Players of Modric and Bale's calibre don't come along very often. Mm -hmm. And no matter you know you might have 100 million to spend, but you can't go out and buy another Gareth Bale because there's only one of him. And there's probably only in this position uh, uh, someone who's greater than him, and he plays on the same side as him. So they're they're, they're that rare. Um, It's just one of those things. You have great sides. And your side peters off, and you buy great players. We're not. We are going to see in our lifetimes players as good and as economically sound with the ball as Modric. Oh, mm. We will see them at Spurs again, but it's going to take a while. Yeah.
5: The teams teams turn on moments, and I think the Chelsea Chelsea beating Bayern Munich that night was something that turned. Yeah, horribly in our favour. The fact is, we shouldn't have been in that position over. anyway because of because of fucking red map. We shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. there's a sackable offence in itself, losing that many points to us with that later on. But if that, and it's quite well known that if we if Chelsea had a lost that game. Uh, Eden Ed Hazard has said himself that he, was, that he was pretty much, you know, it was pretty much, pretty much there. And who knows that someone sees someone like Eden Hazard sign and, and it, it changes all sorts of things. So teams turn on moments, and you know, we, we weren't unlucky because Chelsea win. We were we were unlucky that we had Rednaff as a
6: manager. I, I think, yeah, I agree that the moment that always stands out for me is when Spurs were two nil up at the Emirates against Arsenal, oh, and that game was they were already ten points clear. of Them had they won two nil that day, there yeah. would have been thirteen points. Exactly. Not oh. sure Arsenal were coming back from that. Instead. Um, Arsenal come back, win five two, huge boost. Spurs, have, you know, their form dipped after that, and we've since found out really that Arsenal, you know, really needed Champions League football regularly to kind of pay for the kind of signings that they've mm. they've had. I think that was a, uh, you know, that was a huge. The Villa
5: game we, on the was, last day was the one that really stood out. stood out for us when uh, when he was making it, the, the team that day was just yeah. Anyway, can we move on?
4: Yeah. That was honestly... The, the, those 30 seconds of what you just said, Ben, was the worst we've ever recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I felt my heart breaking when I was All right, and uh, we've got a question from Ryan Trail from Twitter. He asked, as, as a Spurs fan from the northwest, who goes to games when possible. I'm interested, interested to know how you feel about Northern fans. I think this is on the back of the two discussions we've had on the previous two podcasts about international fans. <coughs> and I'm worried... <laughs> that he might think uh, that, that we were aiming this at someone who doesn't live near Tottenham, um, and, and how far this is going to go because we might get emails from people who live in Watford, yeah. and say, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and say, uh, you know, oh. what do you think about people that don't live in Tottenham? And uh, look, I get, I get it because there is, there are some parallels, I guess, because someone who lives in the northwest isn't going to be able to get to games as often as someone who lives in Holloway or wherever else or or Crouch End as I have done. Um, I don't think anything about it really. my, My rule in my head, and again I've softened on this, is the team you should support is either the one you have adopted from your parents because if I hadn't done that and I supported my local team, I'd be an arse yeah, like that. I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Well, I'm saying it as, uh, to make a point, because <laughs> if you su- just support your local team, you, you could nearly end up making a horrible decision or, or have a decision made for you. No, I'd just support a QPL. Yeah, well, There you go. There would you would Bristol City. Bristol City. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, really. Um, but the fact is, you know, if, if you... I don't, I don't know. Is, I, I is think there? I
5: can see I can see where people think it because obviously I was from you know Bristol, like where I've driven up from today. Yeah. Um, and um, you know it's quite. I've got a couple of, of people that I grew up with, are Spurs mates. Shout out to my mate Dan Newman. Loves the poker. But, is he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Big Dan. Um, is he big? Uh, he's got a big head. <laughs> um, but and we were we were those players we were those people you know from Southwest Did you that get went, much to water, went to went to Uh No, I don't think so. Actually, I mean, there was quite a, quite a few of us actually as it went. But again, no matter where you go, even though we're in the middle of the West Country, there's more United and Liverpool fans than there are than there are Bristol City or Bristol Rovers. So I don't know whether those parallels are, uh, are there anymore. You know, and we would the say We would come the only time they ever come up to what Lane is 1882 or, or whatever it might be. Um, but I, I still felt as connected to the club as. As, as, as I have, not as much since I've come here, obviously, but there's still a connection there.
7: Um, from my point of view, I mean, I ain't really from a promise where you're at, as I've said on the podcast <laughs> before, um, but it's all arbitrary. It's like, it doesn't really matter what I think at the end yeah, of the day. Mean. I have my opinions, not all of them are, are agreeable. It's just, it's just my opinion. I mean, a good mate of mine travels from Birmingham every week, is a season ticket holder, has been a season ticket older for about 10 years, goes home and away. Um, you know, it goes to many more games than I do You know, I mean, I think um, When I said what Spurs meant to me a couple of weeks ago I said what it meant to me now, I didn't say every single Spurs fan has to be from London I'm saying what Spurs represent to me Is
4: being from London hmm. That's just me personally The game's changed uh, and well, um, Beyond and recognition yeah. <laughs> It is, and, and to be fair, to be fair There's always been a culture in England Of supporting a team for whatever reason uh, based on your own choice. You know, you've always had people coming down from the north to follow Spurs. Yeah. And obviously with Man United, and they get some stick for it, of having Cockney Reds. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a stick for glory hunting. But you could never be accused of glory hunting by being a Spurs fan. It's Man. just not... It it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and Certainly in the last 30 years. And there's been moments of, of quality, but by and large, it's been quite frustrating. Yeah. So it's not about glory hunting. It's not about... <clears throat> I don't know what the reasons were that uh, Ryan Trail you know follows Spurs but to support. I don't know Most of the time, it, it, it'll be
5: from adopted. It'll be from adopted from parents or from you know close members
7: just of really family. Doesn't it doesn't matter. I am mean, no, exactly. go- going to Leicester on Saturday, and I'm not going to ask every person I see, oh, where you're from, yeah. why do you support Spurs for? I'm just like, yeah. we'll just get on with it, don't we?
6: Mm. I, th- I think there's, uh, there's there's fans all over the world as well, and there's ones in, in America, and Australia, who get up at you know ridiculous times in the morning to watch mm. Spurs games, and we can say they're less <laughs> they're less of fans than than the ones who are kind of streaming it from home in North London, yeah. you know. And, and then you know, I've, I've probably been guilty. In the past, of there, there's a, there's the whole argument of you know when someone's got an opinion, you say, well, were you at the game? You know, because, because I wasn't there. there's there's something attached to that. Mm. These days, who can afford to be at the game? And then you know, also you might be on a massive waiting list, and you'd you, you actually love to be at the game, and, you know, and, and you'd go to every game if you could. You just you're on that waiting list, or you can't afford to.
4: Well, you get you get some uh, Spurs fans that are, are kind of season ticket holders, and, and they dig out fans like members who don't go to every game. and and yeah. well, your opinion isn't valid because yeah.
6: you haven't been going year in year out. I think everyone's opinion's always valid and that's you know that's one of the great things about Twitter is that, that everybody's now got a voice and everyone can can challenge what they're reading, everyone can challenge what they're hearing. why well, that's good, that's good and bad. Well <laughs> sorry. That's good and bad everyone having
5: an opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's, it's why everyone bad. loves football though, because yeah, it is, it's why we do this, it's why there's so many other podcasts out there why everyone everyone talks about and they all give their own tactical analysis on Twitter every day. We don't know fuck all. But it's because <laughs> yeah. we love it. That, that's, that, since doing the podcast, that's
4: the kind of sum total of my opinion of, yeah. of Football fans generally is no one really knows anything exactly. and, uh, other than Wendy. Oh, obviously, other than Windy but, but <coughs> <coughs> there's this thing where you kind of people make a, a massive generalizations and create very distinctive points about subjects they have no idea what's happening. That you know, the arguments that, that Levy hasn't signed the correct players in the right time before the start of the season yeah. isn't 100% valid because. But as I'd imagine, it's quite difficult to sign a footballer. It's not as straightforward as saying, "Well, we need everyone before the start of the season." Exactly. Play, teams are going to know that players are going to be uh, that the the chairman are going to be, ham- but you know, desperately trying to sign players before the start of the season. Their price, I'd imagine, and this is again another generalisation, the week before the season starts goes up, and then when the season uh, the football starts, it, it comes back down again. So. Levy's job is to spend the money that that we have in the bank
6: account Shrewdly, and he always has done that. I think. I think uh, the interesting thing is uh, how many weeks ago, about five weeks ago, was that day when Spurs announced the new stadium deal and Aldo world, mm-hmm. and everybody's, you know, loving He's always the best chairman in the league. Always underrated, and all that kind of thing. And i was just saying, let's just see how long this lasts for, yeah. you know, because you know, I think you know, I think he is a very shrewd businessman. He gets good good value for all the players he sells, and that kind of thing. Um, and the stadium project does seem to be moving forward. And I think that that stadium shouldn't be forgotten in all of this. I mean, I've just said, you know, I think. If there's one thing you'd look at since um, since Spurs was in the Champions League, it's, it's a decline in player quality. But you know, let's, let's not forget this stadium because it may well be that um, you know this is this is the period that, that Arsenal you know went through when they were building a stadium and they couldn't afford to, to, to spend as much money on players. Well, they had um, the Champions League. As well. It may well <laughs> be that 10-15 that years from now, Spurs fans look back in hindsight and go, yeah, we had you know we had these years when we were filling gaps with our academy players, but you know, but look at us now. Yeah.
4: yeah alright well that's it from the uh, fighting podcast We've got what we a second uh, Ben thank you so much for coming my down my
7: pleasure I was going to say where can I find you on Twitter Ben
6: I'm not going to plug my own Twitter <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: not
6: going to be that guy follow yeah. me on Flav underscore
5: uh, I've changed mine recently to Alex from Bristol <laughs> so you didn't hear that. what is it? What was it, was it no fuck you
4: <laughs> no you need followers go on
5: do actually, Alex from Bristol. I changed it from Razorica because Bardy and T were bullying me about. It. And I'm felonious for thought. Oh, for let's work. see. We're all
4: getting on there, Ben. Plug your Twitter. Come comment.
6: on. Right. Uh, at Ben Pierce. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: Uh, thank you so much for coming down and taking your time out in, in the week it's, um, it's always great when we have guests on because it changes the dy- dynamic at the it show does, yeah. when last week was just a mess I mean it was great it was and glorious
5: you four back together
4: though yeah it was good it was, we, we enjoy it but um, we talk less shit yeah exactly you uh, so yeah we can download the app there's still a f- couple of po- uh, fanzines left um, you can download the free app uh, it's f- on iPhone and Android, and Android there's yeah. an Android as well um, uh, and we're designing new t-shirts
7: Yep, and enough. I've said that
4: for about three weeks yeah, we are yeah, actually yeah.
7: doing it and also we'll start are work on um, the next fanzine too so hopefully before the end of this year
4: that should be no yeah. before that we're, we're trying to put out two we're two, yeah. yeah. trying to be trying to, you know yeah you play it down yeah. give,
5: give him a deadline yeah but He's he like yeah. some sort of he's on
4: it German dictator on, on this, <laughs> this <thing. laughs> he's that militant <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so this anyway. has been The flying Cock uh, thank you for downloading and we'll see you next week Come, Spurs. Sports
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today.
2: Sport Social Podcast Network. Sport Social Podcast Network. Sport Social Podcast Network.
3: Summer's not over yet. Shop patio furniture to extend your summer fun at NFM. All the outdoor styles you love are on sale and ready to take home today. Shop hundreds of options in stock with savings up to 70% off, all backed by our low price guarantee. Shop outdoor dining, sofas, bistro sets, fire pits, accessories, and more. NFM makes it easy with in-stock styles, guaranteed low prices, and long-term financing. Refresh your outdoor space at NFM. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network
3: Your plans? Today it's dinner with the parents at your spot We gotta come back here Now their spot Or you're on the edge of your seat at the game Come on, just one time And it's the one Or maybe you're catching the next flight to Now boarding flight 1850 Oh, that's you The choice is yours And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.